Torn Fabric, mate. Tell us about Torn Fabric returning to the podcast at last. 
the returning heroes, the prodigal sons, as it were, yeah, Torn Fabrics from Portugal. We've had them before. We had Bring Me Down, which was on a podcast back in August, and they that was Evil 8. They are imminently, as in today, releasing a six-track demo. Oh. It came out today, Mind Consumption, and Evil 8 is one of the songs off it, and Georges or Jorge has given us permission to play it on the podcast, so we took it took his hand well we bit his hand off basically yeah. and said yeah we'll have some of that it's a yeah a nice slab of marauding thrash isn't it that is a, a fantastic piece of thrash i was listening to it thinking this is absolutely brilliant this is this is on the verge of something here they've really developed and they're really going for it it's brilliant to hear and it's it, it's just got that sweet sound hasn't mm. it like you there's been a lot of um songs that we've featured recently but by luck by chance by recommendation that just seem to be hitting that sweet spot of where thrash sounds really really good not overdone not underdone it's just somewhere in the middle and it feels just right it's it's really it's it's doing something to those thrash metal loins isn't it it is it's it's medium rare mate there's blood still coming out of it but it's cooked so that's all good that's all good and coming... yeah, so thank thank you to George for uh, George for letting us play that. What he did mm. say, the song Evil Eight is um, he gave me a little few notes about it. He said, despite all the harm that someone can do to another person, and even the blaming of others for something they have nothing to do with, sooner or later karma will deal with all the existing evil. Mm. That karma is symbolised by a hanging rope and an eight foot ladder. So a little, wow. little bit of background for Evil Eight there. Nice, nice little, uh, nice little synopsis right there. No, I thought that was really good. Um, I look forward to that mini album, and um, it's just great. Just thanks so much for for letting us play it. It's, it's brilliant, and I hope everyone enjoyed that too and gets on it. Like I say, they caused a bit of a stir uh, when we when we played them last time, and everyone seemed to really like them. So um, great way to open up the podcast, and I think Robbie. Because it's so good, we're going to close as well, aren't we? Why not? Why not? Paul Hutchins did a review for Razor's Edge uh, last week, I think, when the uh, mine consumption was due out. As I say, it's due out today. So we'll link the review that Paul put for Razor's Edge, but we'll also link the um, maybe the feed to Firecome Records as well, you, where you can buy the buy the CD. You know, if anyone fancies doing that, they can they can have a listen at the end and think, yeah, well, I'll go and go and pay my eight pounds of money and, yes uh, yeah have myself a physical cd lovely nothing wrong with a physical cd love it right moving on then mate so thanks for the guys from torn fabric we um you'll hear that at the end um this is sort of like an in-between a podcast really we're back at the usual slot um but we haven't got loads and loads and loads but i think we should still smash through it because every time we say that we end up just doing two and a half hours anyway Absolutely, yeah. We're guaranteed to be here at kind of one o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, so knackered for work and all the rest of it. So um, we're going to have a reaction to Podcast 54. we got some mentions that um, have been happening over this week in the club. We've got the very first round, and that I've forgotten, we've got to pick the new Thrash of the Titans. So uh, for the round for this coming weekend. So we're going to get a random number generator up. Um, we've got um, some very sad news uh, to part with. with. Um, a hit missile, maybe. A break in band camp. We've got the results for Bolton's bangers. A little mention that I've got to, got to say. And then a what have we been listening to? Sorry, mate. Just having a slurp there. Yeah, absolutely. Loads to get through, so... Let's crack on. Let's let's 
smash on with it so reaction to podcast 54 thanks for everyone that's listening thanks to everyone that's commenting uh please we love getting some feedback and some reaction just from what we've been talking about um and it sounds like or the, the general feel is that i went on a bit i i there's a few um few people feeling that i uh had a pop at uh a big major festival but there you go uh tim finch uh great podcast as always and thanks for the razor's edge shout outs no problem tim thank you very much for all you do despite this um he was talking about the sepultura announcements about when they are going to announce the uk leg of their tour uh download will not happen this year anyway so they may as well just let them announce the tour so yeah, there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people looking for live live music, isn't there? And Sepultura mm. are going to be at the top of that list of people looking for gigs to go to, mm. whoever it might be. Yes, I mean, we've been deliberately staying away from. I mean, we could have posted so so many gig tours, gigs tours, whatever, and I've just been really reluctant not to just because it would be a case of, well, it's not going to happen. So I'm staying away from doing anything until actual gigs happen again. And at the moment, we're still a little way off that, possibly till after the summer anyway. But um, let's see. Um, Tim is a man with his finger on the pulse. So no doubt when he gets a whisper that things are heading back, we he will be on top of that, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, Graham Meldrum. He of Malignant Intent. Uh, thanks for featuring Malignant Intent. Hope it wasn't too traumatic for everyone. Secret to the dirty sound is to sit on your laptop on the floor, a couple of feet in front of the amp, and hope the inbuilt mic doesn't give out. High tech, hi-fi, and with no expense spared. Robbie seems to have got the last CD for now, though. I presume the others will be tidied away by the wife. We'll find them again in about five years, no doubt. If there's great demand for them, I can always make more. I think I did get the, the last CD and Graham did say, I hope it wasn't too traumatic for everyone. Well, I can say that I was playing it yesterday. Yesterday morning, I had it on the CD, the CD player down here. My, my little six-year-old daughter was in the room. As it came on, she <laughs> as it came on, she got up from where she was sitting on her little um, tablet, <laughs> put her hands around her ears and said, Daddy, no, and ran out of the room. Oh, <laughs> So, kind of job done, really. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think uh, it was a bit traumatic for her. I think Graham would have been absolutely gutted if your six-year-old said, "Oh, this is quite good. I like this." Yeah. You know, that's not the kind of thing that you really want. So, uh, yeah, job done there. Job done there. And as far as it being high tech, um, we're speaking into a uh, into my mobile phone with the built-in mic. So. <laughs> We haven't, yeah, we haven't developed this in the uh, two years now, yes. have we? We still, we've gone backwards, as it were. Really, we used to have people on the podcast all the yeah. way from America. Not now, no. No, not now. Um, as as um, Branny says, we we've got our tin cans with our bit of string tied. Yeah. So you know that's good. That's the way we like it. But anyway, Graham C. D., he, he, a big shout out to Graham as well. He, yeah. He he, uh, he sent the malignant intent demo, but. He also sent a coloured seven-inch that he put together, Violent Pacifist, a couple of CDs as well, some really short, shouty, punky noise, grindcore stuff that's going on there. Um, and it was just really cool to listen to some stuff that's made by someone that's passionate about doing something. Uh, he's put his, he, you know, he, he's put his own time, money, effort into it, mm. and it's without. It, Without people like this, and I think we've learned this more so in this past year, there's become this much more DIY ethic. Mm. 
it has to be because there's obvious reasons really mm. and people are putting making their own music and getting it out there and yeah other than the costs in, incurred and this kind of thing it's graham has shown that you know with a cd that's blank cd that you can buy from a supermarket you can make your own um, you know as as yeah as it depends how well produced you want it to be but you can make your own music out there and it's it's great that people are able to do that and it's there for people if they want to buy it definitely definitely it's a diy ethic that runs through thrash right from the very beginning so there's absolutely nothing wrong with sitting your laptop a couple of feet from your ramp and then just smashing it out i, I think absolutely. that's fantastic i think that's fantastic um so thanks for that graham um paul hutchings uh, just to confirm, Meshuggah played Arc Tangent in 2019. It was Opeth who were due to headline in 2020, and hopefully we'll get to see them this year instead. Yeah, we're never quite spot on with our dates, are we? But we, we're right. only a year out, so it wasn't too bad. But... Yeah, like on Popmaster, one year out. But yeah, it's not bad for us. One year's not bad. No, that's all right. They they do sometimes bleed into one, so that's great. Um, and that was us talking about Arctangen and about um, buttoning up the sugar there. Um, Dylan was talking about whistling. Um, so Dylan Jones got on. Great listen again, thank you, mate. Methods of Destruction song "Ode to Harry" has whistling, but not very thrashy. But leads into Hate Tank. It's kind of like a an acoustic ballad, a uh, bit of a bit of a joke song, it like the Anthrax song on is it Ballad Nick Fessin or something? Off, oh uh, yeah, the Killer Bees. That kind of you could you, you know if you didn't pay much attention to the lyrics, it's uh, quite a quite a nice little song. But this one here about old Harry getting smashed up by a <laughs> by, by a, a petrol truck or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, he's right. There's some there's some whistling going on there. Oh, it's just funny, isn't it, how, he, how these songs just totally go over your head, you forget about them, and then it comes straight back, doesn't it? M.O.D. with the whistling. So that's the uh, that's the uh, equivalent of patience for the thrash world there right you now. Go, yeah. And uh, the last one was me having a right old go with uh, a right old go at Glastonbury fucking place, that is. And Neil Bolton's come on, and he said, entertaining listen, boys, thank you very much, but Carl, Carl, Carl. You seem to be getting more and more grumpy and belligerent these last few podcasts. What's wrong? And uh, I, I, I take the point. But when I'm talking about Glasto, I've all you know, I've always been this belligerent and grumpy when it comes to to, to Glastonbury, fucking place. So I told you about uh, our mate Benny. Neil, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Thanks a lot. He's off again now. <laughs> no, just, just, just to show you how fucked up that fucking place is. Um, my mate Benny, he, um, he, there's two, two. It was one of the first. Ones, it was two fucking big stages. So there was the other stage, wasn't there? And there was the pyramid stage. And he met these girls. I think I've said it before. He met these girls, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're going to see a band called Flowered Up." Now that sounds fucking rotten, right there. But and nevertheless, um, you know, um, Benny was was on for a, onto a, on the firm with with one of these ladies. So he thought, "Yeah, I'll have some of that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. I wasn't there. I, I hasten to add. But he was telling me, he goes, "Yeah, yeah, let's go see Flowered Up." So they had bought a program. They looked Flowered Up six o'clock at the in the uh, at the pyramid stage and they said yeah we'll meet you right in front of the sound desk front and center of the sound desk we'll meet you there for flowered up yeah no fucking problem so they went back to their tents got spruced up and then got back to uh get front and center six o'clock rolls around and there's some shit band on stage uh you know no no sight of of, of these girls that they uh they were arranging to meet 
a half an hour. This is before mobile phones and all the rest of it. They turned to him and said, when, when are flowered up on them, mate? And he went, no, nah, they played half an hour ago on the other stage. They switched at the last minute because <laughs> that's Glastonbury for you. And I thought, nah, fuck, that is Glastonbury for you. Fuck you, mate. Fuck you. That's what I think. So Benny never got to see flowered up, let alone, um, you know, have something else on that evening. Yeah, not only did he get to not see flowered up, he had to spend the rest of the day with a hard on. And that is Glastonbury's fault, mate. Um, when you said that he went back to his tent to get spruced up, yeah, what what uh, kind of comfortable things were in his tent that he was? Did he have a kind of portable shower, a bit of deodorant? What was it? I mean, the thought of going back to a tent at a festival to get spruced up—I know, uh, yeah, especially twenty years ago where uh, it was just basically a kind of you were pissed for four days in a row. Yeah, I can't imagine what getting spruced up was. Um, um, I think that was a handful of wet ripes around the old bollocks, mate. But I would imagine. <laughs> That's, you know, just make sure that that particular area is clean, just to be sure, and then you're away. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but who knows? But that's, that's you know, let's let's move on. Let's not be bitter and twisted about Glastonbury. Let's just fuck it off out of it. Um, so thank you for everyone that, um, that commented. Thank you very much. Um, and we are going on to some mentions. Absolutely, yeah. Do you, want me, um, do you want me to do it? Oh, no, you're going to do this, Rob. Yeah, go on. I will listen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, mate. I just think... I know we haven't discussed this, but I just think out of respect, maybe we should um, kind of just quickly move on to Marsha Z and come back to some of these mentions. Yeah, okay, mate. Yeah. Purely, purely because of the weight of... Um, I know we do flit around in these podcasts and we go from one thing to, to the other, but I think, you know, whilst we were able to, yesterday we had the sad news uh, that Marsha's Azula... Mm. Um, has sadly passed away. Um, a huge, huge iconic figure within thrash metal, and with her husband Johnny Z, they're just named synonymous within thrash metal. There's, um, you know, there's record labels, there's people, uh, individuals that just seem to be so integral to the history of thrash metal. And mm. Johnny and Marsha Z are those people. Um, I. Obviously, I never knew them. I never get got to meet them. Why would I? You know, I'm a, growing up in you know the south of England, and they're mm. these people that are running this huge, huge, well, independent record label, but a record label that you know saw the likes of Metallica and Anthrax kind of really get mm. going. Yeah, I think we'll be forever indebted into the um, indebted to. Uh, Marsha and Johnny Z for what they did with Megaforce and you know our type of music, and it's just a it's just a real sad sad loss. Again, another sad loss this year. Mm, yeah, and it was always um, I suppose back in the day it was um, Johnny Z was like the figurehead, wasn't he? He's like the big larger than life character that is kind of like this mover and shaker that is the mastermind behind all this. But you know, Marsha as it turns out, as we find out more, and I, I've not read um, Johnny Z's book, but I, I have listened to an audio book that he actually reads. And believe me, none of this would have happened. Absolutely none of it would have happened without Marsha Z, not even close. If Johnny Z didn't have her, but you know, with him, it's not even like she's behind him, you know, is at all behind every good man. She ain't even behind. She is, just as upfront and, and uh, um, running that business and making this stuff happen, he wouldn't. He, he wouldn't have had a clue, would he? he? It wouldn't have happened. No, I mean sometimes you need someone with, uh, you know, an extra 
extra voice in your ear, just you know, the, the calming influence. And it's always they often say, you know, behind every great man is a greater woman, and things like that. And sometimes mm. it can it can maybe it was in this case that that was that was the the real thing there you know a real calming person mm. to just kind of help and sometimes the best partnerships are that aren't they mm. two very different characters but two characters that just seem to work very well and thankfully they did work very well together because mm. without them would we have seen like i said the the likes of those big bands quite getting out there i'm sure we might have done because they were as good as anyone out there weren't they at the time mm. but um, but i, they, I think they'd done it different. Cor- I think they've done it. Sorry to cut across you. I think they've done it correctly. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they brought them up through the underground, and then they unleashed them, and then they kind of had to to let them go, so to speak. I don't think Metallica could have stayed with Megaforce for any more amount of time, and I think they kind of recognised that as well. But um, you know, when you see that that fantastic photo that you published, where um, they're standing on, uh, it must have been '87 when Anthrax are about to take the stage in Donington '87. You can yeah. see they are absolutely just in heaven, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, yeah, you can see the the kind of look and and what it meant to them as well. Mm. It's just probably like you know, if they looked around, just you'd be beaming, wouldn't you? Smiling. Like yeah, were. yeah. And Anthrax did go a long way with them. They could see they you know, this is we we're, we're helping this happen, and uh, yeah, just just incredible and such sad news and a, a great post as well wasn't it that we yeah, uh, thank, you know very mike mike todd he sent us a message didn't he and mm-hmm. just said i don't know if you guys had seen this i hadn't seen it but um you know he was able to quickly turn something round, write a few notes and we posted it um, thankfully mike was able to do it and he just summed it all mm-hmm. up there in the post it was fantastic so if you're listening mike whenever you will listen thank you for doing that mm-hmm. do you want to read out some of a couple of the um comments that we got or do you want me to do yeah. that no you can do that uh lee hammer harris r.i.p you gave us so many great bands and music that helped a fledgling scene thrive to become a global phenomenon here's to the old school yeah, so absolutely. That, that's brilliant. And Martin Baker really sort of like uh, sums this up. Uh, you couldn't make this up. Fucking supernatural. Just out walking the dog and her testaments practice what you preach for the first time in 35 years or so. I was thinking I was wonder who discovered them and if anyone still listens to them, walk through the door. And this is the first thing I read. I had no idea uh, she discovered them. So to you, ma'am, I thank you. R.I.P. And... Uh, yeah, another great post. Just a, a, um, respect yeah. for Marsha, who uh, Marsha Zazella, uh, who uh, who passed away unfortunately. Sad, yeah. sad news. Okay, yeah. So I just thought it was probably maybe we should have started, but well, we did start with that, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think now we can move on. And you know, any of our uh, inane warblings. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, we've got a little bit of sad news as well, just to go into that as well, isn't it? That uh, Martian said Bricky uh, sent oh, to course, us. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've never heard of them, but he was no. very passionate about it because um, he sent me a private message, and it was a Polish band called Flapjack. And the, um, is it George, Gratz Georgi Gunzinski? I think, yeah, just Grzegorz Gunzinski, singer of Polish band Flapjack. He died of COVID COVID at the age of 46. Mm. Um, Martin said he remembered them when their debut came out and it was an instant hit in Poland's metal scene as it was a side project featuring two members of Acid Drinkers who were the most popular local metal band at the time. Mm. 
that again, really sad. Taken way too early. Forty six. Christ, I mean, that's nothing. And um, like I say, I've never heard of that band. So, um, but um, Martin was was very passionate about it. And when you see passion like that, we 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 give it some space. So we did. And um, I just um, hope that's a, a fitting tribute for 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 that band there, Flapjack. Definitely. Right. We then uh, featured Tortured Demon. The oh, yeah. Oldham Thrashers from the northwest of England. They are due to release the new album fairly soon. It's up for pre-order in Desperation's Grip. And they dropped their second single off that, A Knee to the Face of Corruption. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, so that came out on Friday, and or Thursday or Friday, and we featured it as a... We didn't do it as a hit, miss, or maybe, purely because we featured a hit, miss, or maybe back in November when one of the previous songs... Mm-hmm. Uh, cold blood it was um, and it was met with mixed responses but generally positive but we thought no let's just get this out there people can then choose they can listen to it see what they think and um, go down and again pre-order it if, uh, if that's what they like it's a it's very different it's not your it's not your standard mm-hmm. um, you know thrash metal as kind of straight down the middle it's got it's a lot bigger groover kind of riffier sound isn't it mm. it's uh harking on the big big kind of sound but it's it's a very very uh chunky um big breakdowns huge riffs and and it has got groove and i think what they're doing they've certainly within a within a kind of group of bands where there's no no reason why they can't go far within that style of thrash mm. Definitely, and I think we've got to remember as well that they are—they're—they're very young, aren't they? And that's not to to patronise them at all. It's just that our club, if we look at the statistics of our club, the ages between I think it's thirty-five and fifty—that's about ninety percent of the club. So uh, we've got a few people that are slightly older, and a few people that the next like five or ten percent are in that twenty. To, to 30 band so they are coming at it with a completely different perspective than we will never never have that perspective um so um it is going to be different but at the same time i really like it i, I like being in that uh in that sort of out of my comfort zone to a certain degree but i think it's great and well worthy of a share definitely i was listening to it on uh, spotify and it just goes on to shuffle then afterwards and I was thinking, the, the next one came, I think, Christ, what's this one then? And I had a look, and it was a demo of theirs from, you know, way before, uh, or way before, from from previous singles released. It was called The Invasion, and that was one of their demos, and it was quality. So oh, okay. I, I, I wasn't convinced the first time around when I heard Cold Bud, purely because I'm not a huge kind of, it's not, it's just not my thing, that kind of huge kind of silosis, mm-hmm. machine head, um, uh, tortured demon and i don't uh, i don't want to kind of lump them in with that just like that big big kind of sound because they've got a lot going on but that's kind of where they're going to be but i for one will be certainly paying them more attention and um yeah i'll, I'll be putting a pre-order in for in desperation's grip because i think if i can if you can if if you're in a position where you are able to support these bands and it's not like i'm going out and buying a flowered up cd is it or no. you know, something like that it's um throw that it, one in the fucking bin mate yeah <laughs> it's uh it's, it's decent stuff it's decent mm. stuff and i think on a few listeners just going on that invasion demo i, I could be completely sold mate 
Yeah, and I bet if Tortured Demon had a stage time that they would honour that stage time and not change a fucking stage just because they thought, well, it's Glastonbury, is it? They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't play, they wouldn't play Glastonbury, Carl. No, so, well... No, they got- they got yeah, they got bloodstock written all over bloodstock them. all over them. Absolutely right, absolutely right. Third mention, mate. Third mention. We've got oh another interview, another cracking interview this time yeah. with Wolf Hoffman. It was Razor's Edge, and mm-hmm. he is the guitarist of Accepts, main singer, uh, main songwriter, um, and again Paul Hutchins. Uh, d- did the deed, didn't he? And he, yeah. what a deed he did! It was uh, what a deed he did. It was a yeah, just another twenty-five minute or twenty-minute interview. It's all you need, and it was just a very assured interview by interviewer and interviewee. It kind of everything you wanted to hear about the new album. Um, you know, the the life on the road. Mm-hmm. All, you know, Paul Paul was a, not necessarily well researched. Just. Uh, well informed he knew his stuff it's not like he had gone away and needed to it, mm. it, he's a fan I think of except it's mm. clear so um, yeah a, a, just a thoroughly listenable in, interview and it's always re- I, I do remember I can't remember what DJ he was saying but they were saying when an established artist comes on to their show and they've got a new album to push and it, bearing in mind that this is coming up Radio 2 or Radio 1 or whatever it is at the time, they said, we are very cautious and we have to think, they were like Obi-Wan Kenobi when they go into Mos Eisley. They, must, they are very cautious just because they're thinking, well, majority of the people who are listening to this are kind of fair weather and we want to gain as much of that as we can. Um, so we really just give one or two questions and then we move on to, oh, well, tell us about that big hit you had in uh, three or four years ago. And it's kind of easy for Accept to slip into this, who who were certainly massive back in the day, weren't they? They were one of the... One of the leading lights of metal, and I suppose it's always really easy. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask about uh, balls on the wall, isn't it? I mean, I'm not the biggest except fan, but um, you know, fast as a shark and all the rest of that. And he's probably Wolf, or is, is thinking that is another chapter of the band. We're talking about this new album that we are really ple- proud of, and I think Paul is really good at kind of bridging that gap between it being respectful from their legacy, but also for the newer stuff that they're trying to promote right, right now. Absolutely, he'll be. Uh, he'll be. He'll be. Um, his head will be expanding. He knows that we think him as a as a good good interviewer and a good reviewer. Yeah. But, um, I think. Uh, I think if anyone hasn't listened to it, they should because for twenty five minutes, it and it throws up a few uh, interesting things. He asked Wolf what he listens to when he's uh, you know when he's not writing music, and it was quite interesting that Wolf said, "Believe it or not." I don't listen to music. I sometimes just enjoy the silence. I, you can imagine being on the road on a tour bus. Mm. All the other guys have got their music on. Sometimes he just likes to have that silence. Wow. And I think, and I think I, I can certainly relate to that. Sometimes when I'm driving to work, I might drive twenty minutes and I think oh, I haven't put anything on the stereo. <laughs> you kind of sometimes you just quite like that that that. That, that silence, you know, just to hear the tinnitus or, or whatever it is that you, yeah. it, it's, and it was quite interesting because if you're around that constantly, if you're constantly surrounded by noise, by music, sometimes you just need that little bit of space away from it, I think. And uh, mm. it was interesting to hear that not everyone within music consumes, eats, lives, breathes it 24 7. Eat shits and fucks it, mate. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
as as a great man once said. Right, shall we go on? Talking of that, we're, we're not going to talk. We're not going to review the silence that um, that uh, Mr. Hoffman was listening to. We have got a thrash of the Titans to think about. First of the debuts. Oh. Fantastic! This is this has uh, got my mouth watering for how good this is going to be. Already, the the first one was massive. The comments were unbelievable, and the result was well. The result was the result. It was like a classic one in the end. But I, I really enjoyed dipping in and dipping in and out of this over the weekend. It was great. Well, the, the result was the result was wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there was 165 members cast their votes. As for a first rounder, that's incredible. So that's great. Which, Thank yeah, you for everyone. So we we had quite a, well, I say quite a lot. We had uh, we had five people. I think it was five people vote on Instagram. Uh, two two of which are from Facebook. So we couldn't double up their their things. But there were three for the frost there as well. But it wouldn't have swung the twenty six vote. That, no. Okay. So uh, 23, 23 vote is swing then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 65.5 generally, um, Killing Is My Business, I keep thinking of Megadeth, but we, we're not talking about the bands, we're talking about the albums. So Killing yes. Is My Business overcame to Megatherion with 65.5 of the 165 members who voted. So, And that is uh, 26% or 26 votes. So just to basically say that if 26 people have voted the other way, then um, it would have been a different result. However, the, the people had drawn sides, and although there was a few that were saying, oh, this is close, and I thought it was close, there was um, a definite decision. There wasn't this, oh, God, on a different day, this is on a knife edge. It wasn't like that. This was definitely, I am going with this album, like the other one, but I love this album. So that was fairly interesting. Yes, uh, we'll see what the members thought. John Andrews, he said, I love Killing is my business, but to Megatherian is just way more classy, while Killing is fairly basic. To be fair, you have to remember this was re- this was the rebooted band rising from the ashes of Hellhammer, who never got the recognition they deserved at the time. The Frost have an unfair advantage as such, and I may change my vote. I don't think he did, but I, I that was interesting there about Hellhammer. So they had kind of done all the kind of work all the preparation with hellhammer and then for whatever reason it uh, that fell apart and then celtic frost or the frost or celtic frost pushed it over the line and produced some amazing music that was almost uh, it was almost uh, oven ready to give um to, to, to a recent expression and um i just thought it was very focused but we'll get onto that later um, you, you, John said there about um, they never got the recognition that they deserved and the Damn the Machine book by David E. Gielke which is the history of noise records um, he talks about the um, I won't go into too much detail because I think we're having a speed reading on this aren't we in the, oh, okay, yeah. in, in, in the future but not that the, it's, it's important for this but um, uh, Carl Walterback, the kind of head of Noise Records, never really got into the frost. Um, he, he always saw Running Wild and Halloween as his two big bands. They were outselling anyone by five, ten you know, times more records and making more money than the frost were. And by all accounts, obviously, there's two sides to every story, but... Um, 
Carl Waterback was saying that Tom G. Warrior at the time, when Two Megatherium was kind of coming out, saw that they were a lot, he thought that they were a lot bigger than what they were. And yes, they were visionary and they were very uh, unique sounding. They weren't, in terms of commercially, they weren't as big as what Tom G. Warrior thought they were. Uh, and it kind of that they they never got they never got the full full backing through noise hmm. um, because financially they weren't they weren't delivering the goods wow wow maybe a wrong label for them then maybe a, a different label would have, uh, have have would have felt different more differently about celtic frost or celtic frost but mm, that is very interesting but he was still i mean they were still getting on to they were still getting onto huge tours, you know. They were getting mm. onto tours, and they, they were getting out there. So noise were supporting them, mm. but um, I don't know. Were they just maybe they were maybe they were too different for the time. They were. I mean, here's so, the thing with South. I mean, they, they were so. Oh, that's my ledger gone. They they were so distinctive. They were so um, unique in that. Like they they spawned a whole pretty much a whole genre, um, and you know, circle of the tyrants and all of that, and it's thrashers like them there's you know new death coming up it's absolutely unbelievable and then what must noise have thought when they got right okay we're gonna you know new celtic frost album and cold lake tips up you know what what do they what do they think you know um pandemonium was one thing it still didn't you know it it it, it was avant-garde it was different it was a little bit stranger and all the rest of it and, and more experimental but it certainly wasn't cold lake and you wouldn't have, like I think I said at the time when we reviewed Pandemonium, you wouldn't have guessed that they were going to go in a cold lake direction. And they must have gone, we've got tours booked. You know, Acid Rain famously had to drop out one of their tours because they were a three thrash band with, uh, you know, a three band bill, all thrash, apart from Celtic Frost, who weren't thrash anymore and they were the fucking headliners. So they had to drop out. And what must have noise been thinking so we're hanging around we believed in what you were doing before you've completely round faced go you know what the hell is going on it must have been absolutely incredible so god knows what the fans at the time i mean it was a little bit before my time i can remember self for us obviously but that for the passion fans who were there at the beginning and that was their band that is like driving a stake through your heart and how anyone forgave them i have no idea yeah um, well, the book itself, it's got loads of all that kind of stuff on there about Cold Lake. It's certainly worth a read, and um, I'd urge anyone to, if they want to kind of brush up on their Frost stuff, which um, it's, it's all in there. It's, it's a cracking read. Paco uh, Ata? No, Richard Balazuski. This is a tough one. I listened to Killing a lot, and although it's a great album, the production is ours. Megatherian is a great album that sits in a weird place in the thrash canon. The Megadeth is technically better. A lot of people dismiss this album because of the shit production. But if you really get into it, as a musician, it's a real gem. Uh, it's just Boots that ruins it, really, and the dick-waving of mechanics, which sounds stupid next to Four Horsemen. On the other side, what it lacks in finesse, Megatherian makes up for in dark, broody metalness. Tough choice for me, but I think Megatherian by a sign, uh, by a single whisker. By a single, yeah. Or a that that was a, a really good one because it kind of summed up the two albums there. And that was my thought process going in there that it's the Megadeth album, very technical, absolutely. Um, but uh, to Megatherion is, it knows what it is. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're very much driving towards a singular goal. Whereas I thought uh, 
although technically brilliant, the Megadeth album was all over the place. Yeah. You know, and I think that really tells in that song. They, I think they pulled it all together when P-Cells came out, obviously. They they really were a tight unit then, probably tighter than than, um, than Celtic Frost ever could be, possibly. But not on this one, I don't think. And I think that's why I gave it mine. Although I prefer Mechanics to Four Horsemen. I wonder if that's just because of the speed. Mm, possibly, possibly. Mm. Yeah, I was listening to it the other day, and I was thinking I preferred Four Horsemen, but I suppose it's kind of it's what you what you're into, isn't it? And I've mm. probably heard the Four Horsemen hundreds of times more than I have. Um, yes, true. So. Paco Eta, Killing is an instant classic album, and I think that is the most strong debut album from the so-called Big Four. However, the Frost gave. Uh, the Frost gave an album to Thrash a different depth about lyrics and intricate songs. At that time, Celtic Frost was a complete different band with their sound, something that I never listened to before, and they were crossing constantly that line between heavy metal genres, Thrash, Doom, Death and Black Metal. I know Celtic Frost had their flaws in the early 90s with Vanity Nemesis and Cold Lake, but Monotheist was their triumphant return and goodbye album in 2006. Even today, I have Hellhammer, Celtic Frost, Trypticon in third place behind Slayer and Septic Flesh because of the evolution of the music. I will go with Celtic Frost. By the way, I had always considered Morbid Tales as their first album. Well. You're not alone there. No, okay. um, well, I, will, I will address that in a second. And that is talking about the doom, black, death metal that, the frost was starting to gather up um, and a lot of people, well, obituary, look at that. They, I mean, they covered it on the classic album, they Circle of the Tyrants, for example. So it just shows you the influence that they had on a whole genre. And you could say that Megadeth had that same uh, influence over Thrash. Um, big statement. I love a big statement. And there you go. He thinks um, Killing is, uh, what does he say, the strong debut from this, all the so-called Big Thought 4. So um, that, I love that big statement. Just to address that bit at the end, um, Morbid Tales is a it's got less tracks on it and it is considered a mini album or an EP or something like that. And what the decision that we came to and we did we did talk about it, didn't we, Robbie? And we I felt that this needed a decisive decision. And I, I did make this decision. This wasn't Robbie's I mean Robbie's backed me up on this, but it was my decision that that uh, Morbid Tales is an EP, which means there is it's a shorter, sharper shock that could give it an advantage over an album because I suppose there's more chance of an album having a couple of filler tracks in there that you, you don't get with an EP possibly. And so it has to be like for like. And I just felt that Morbid Tales, though it's the length and there is quite a few tracks on it, it was never considered a full debut album it's a debut release that's for sure but we're going for debut albums long players and that is to megatherion and that's the one we've gone with and we've been consistent throughout that um through this particular um competition um at the same time i'm not as passionate about it as um, I don't think you're wrong if you think that you consider that to be their first album. Just for this competition, we just wanted a long player with a long player. And there will be other 
albums out of the 32 that have been selected where they might come up again that people are saying, oh, I thought, you know, th it should be this, that and the other. Um, just going back to uh, Morbid Tales, mm -hmm. in Europe, Morbid Tales was released as an EP, mm -hmm. uh, whereas for the American market, they added two extra songs, which made it two songs longer, which kind of pushed it up into the album bracket. So some mm -hmm. of our American members may have a bit of a argument for it being an album but certainly in europe we're going with it was an ep so okay. i'm backing you up and um we are that well it was two megatherian and it lost to killing is my business yeah and the decision was made and that's you know that's the frost out and we will welcome their return in the um the the second album thrasher of the uh, titans but I think that one's going to have to go through the qualifiers, to be quite honest. But anyway, moving on. Moving on, we've got uh, Graham Clancy. Uh, no, sorry, Graham Glancy. Glancy, new yeah. member. So hello, sir. Yeah, hello, if you're listening. Um, Celtic Frost, a masterpiece. There you go. And this was, all, uh, again, a typical result as far as Thrash the Titans go, where it's almost two-thirds to one and one-third another, um, the winning vote. And also, so many people were – the comments were overwhelmingly more passionate for the losing album. And, again, that is a trend that we've seen over the, the past year when we've been doing this. Jairo Hernandez Prito, our friend over in Costa Rica, he said, mm. both albums are absolute killers. The artwork of Tim Megatherian couldn't be better considering HR Giga's – Geiger's contribution and how it impacted everyone when it was released because it's absolutely blasphemous. It's inspired countless death metal bands, including one of my favourites, Obituary. They even cover Circle of the Tyrants. The sound is rough and brutal, and I love the distortion they use. And on the other side, we've got Megadeth, and the album is super technical and a legend. It has one of the coolest mega songs ever in mechanics. It has inspired everyone. For Legacy, I have to say Megadeth, but this is a super tough decision. Wow. Hyro uh, kind of brought that all the way back. I thought he's going Celtic Frost all the way. And at the back and at the end, he just pulls it back to uh, to Megadeth again with mechanics and the technicality of that album. And one thing that is, there's plenty of widdly widdly in there. Isn't there? there certainly is, yeah. I mean, the, the cover itself is... Uh, this, the. the Two Megatheria cover mm. is, like he says there, blasphemous. It's a real, this is back in 80, was it 85? 85, it? I think, yeah. Yeah, um, course, it's quite a statement, isn't it, to come mm. out with it. I know they had all the imagery and that, but to get Geiger on board and to be mm. able to use his artwork, obviously he was Swiss and they were Swiss, or uh, German, obviously, because they're on noise, but he, oh, yes. they were both, both Swiss and obviously. Uh, being able to use his artwork but yeah quite a quite a stunning and iconic um painting to to be using there definitely definitely striking isn't it mm. nick tucker killing for me never took to Celtic. uh killing for me i never took to celtic frost i absolutely love mechanics and i feel mega dave's youth and angst in this album before the more matured piece sells yeah um and that is a growing trend as well with celtic frost isn't it that they have this they are a bit polarizing people just don't like them um uh i don't know whether it's because of the ooh or whether it is that kind of because it's too dark and brooding certainly megadeth are more sharper aren't they as as in they're they're more cutting and biting and biting i suppose whereas um 
definitely the Frost are more doomy and sort of blunt-edged, if you like. Well, they are. They're, they're ridiculously heavy, and I think it's the, mm. insert, the Uncerper, or it's certainly one of the early tracks, and it's thundering along as it is, and you think, Christ, this is, mm. this is really heavy as it kind of punishes you and goes along, and then it's got this kind of... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's female vocals or whether it's you know someone they've got in as a you know male vocal. I, I don't know, but it just seems strangely out of place. But it does work. Definitely and works. If you're not into the frost, you'd probably think nah, that doesn't work. Load of bollocks that, but really, load of bollock fucking crap that. Uh, okay but no i just going back to the love the distortion that guitar sound is um really distinctive on that on the uh to mega theory on isn't it oh it's a wonderful guitar stone some but some uh, technical musician is going to say what pedals they absolutely use or is it indeed just one a bit like the um entombed um guitar sound that's got a, a famous buzzsaw pedal or something isn't it i wonder if uh, the frost have the same kind of deal what was flowered ups um a guitar oh pedal. yes they had um uh the the cunt bag pedal i believe it was called you press that cunt bags everywhere like flies to shit dan squires i've listened to both albums <laughs> i read the comments and i have to go with my initial gut reaction which was killing is my business i'm very familiar with both albums and it's just by a nose ah uh, see dan fell on the other side of of my experience where my gut reaction was killing um, and then I listened to both, and I swung the other way to uh, to Megatherion by a nose also. It was very close between them. Rich Tricky Hudson, even with that god-awful cover of these boots, I'm going with Killing Is My Business. I really like mechanics, and apart from the lyrics, which are, and I'm being generous, absolute dog shit, <laughs> I think the tempo makes it better than Four Horsemen for me. Something you picked up on. Yes, I definitely like the tempo. I think the tempo works a lot better uh, with the Megadeth version just because it obviously it's just a bit faster. It just picks it up a little bit. Uh, and um, uh, the lyrics, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Now, I end up singing the Four Horsemen lyrics to it anyway, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just me. But um, what a great round to start off. So... Good night um, to Selwyn Frost and hello, good morning. Killing is my business. Safely in the pot into the next round and uh, we won't find out who they are playing until all of this is done. No, no, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be interesting. Two classic albums there. Good way to kick it off, really. Good way to kick it off because they were two very different albums, weren't they? And that's kind of what we wanted, you know, if we'd had, which we will get, we will get certainly two very I don't know, very similar thrash albums up against each other, but it certainly mm. opens up a bit more debate when they are so, so very different. Definitely. So let's see who is going to be, because we've got this weekend, we have got, uh, let me just check to make sure that is the case. Um, what's going to be the date this weekend? We've only just finished this. Yeah, the 16th. Um, I'm just going to check that, make sure. Yep, we have got a second round match. So we need to go and find ourselves two more competitors. Have you got... So numbers, I've got it up. So it is, if I can just have a uh, get this. Oh, it's going haywire. Mike, it's going haywire. It is uh, 30. 1 to 30. 1 to 30. Who's the home team? Number 8. Oh, your boy's forbidden. Oh. Oh, 
going to be good. This say so that you've been looking forward to listening to this album. Yeah, you never need an excuse to listen to Forbidden Evil. It's an absolute classic. I love it. Oh, who are they playing? <laughs> <laughs> who are they playing? No, yeah, you might eat those words. Yeah, as long as it's not Eternal Nightmare or uh, yeah, well, there's lots on there. That uh, so it's, it's now twenty nine and um, a uh, one to twenty nine. One to twenty nine. 26. 26. Okay, just give me a second while I move it down. Uh, 26. Uh, it is Power Trip. Okay. It's <laughs> all right. That's new versus old, I suppose. Yeah, it'd be interesting, really. I... I I honestly now do not know that Power Trip debut album. I, I will certainly listen to it in the, you know, in, in the rounds and that. But I know that for me, Forbidden Evil is one of my favourite thrash albums. But it'll be interesting to see the comments and the interactions with members about Power Trip and that album. Mm. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of love for the Power Trip. I'm wondering whether this is going to be another classic two thirds where people just go love Power Trip. There's nothing wrong with that album, but it's it's Forbidden Evil, isn't it? Well, yeah, but... Although the vocals are very distinctive on that one, I can see people not getting on board with it, maybe. They're a very cult band as well, Forbidden. Whilst they are a huge... Not a huge. They they were obviously a, a big Bay Area band, weren't they? Mm, massive, but, yeah. And they, but, they, but they were kind of like the second tier or third tier of Bay Area bands, certainly the second tier. A uh, huge legacy, you know, not, not many albums, so they kind of retained their... Uh, you know their their kind of status as a very decent band, mm. but were that many people into them, uh, or was it the people that were into them abs- absolutely loved them? Um, they were certainly a popular band back in the day, and they still get a lot of mentions here. But mm. it'd be an interesting matchup. And Hall of Famers, of course, in the uh, we're twisted into form, which was right yeah. at the very front end of the club almost two yeah. years ago so um we've not really featured them since because they've been a little bit inactive so um well extremely inactive so this is a good good chance for them to come out and stake their claim power trip v forbidden interesting yes definitely right so that is that we're looking forward to that shall we move on moving on to a couple of hit miss or maybes aren't we um yes indeed let me get the page up um so first one now you want to help me out with this the razor's edge broke this indoctrinate from the new album by angulus apartrida yeah it was an absolute stormer of a track wasn't it it totally came out of nowhere i know we've featured them before in previous we actually featured Uh, magamagilatine or something wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah abs- just and I always thought they were good. And John Andrews, our, our, um, our, an old member, a very valued member, um, been on the podcast and um, absolute great guy. He's always the champion in this band. And I've always gone, yeah, yeah, they are good. I really like them. I don't like them as much as you, John. But yeah, I think they're really, really good. But this song has just blown everything away before it. It's um, it comes smashing, hurtling out of the uh, out of the stalls. It's a real, it's it's a sort of like modern that new school kind of approach for thrash, 
but just really dirty and really in there. I, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, likewise. I really, um, really enjoyed it. Like you, I've kind of um, listened up when John's spoken about them and when we featured them, mm-hmm. which we have done. We featured a, another song, Bleed the Crown, back in November as a hit or maybe. Um, and when we featured Cabaret de la Guillotine, it was May 2019. How many people do you think voted for that? Oh, what, on the vote? Yeah, to, to get it into it. didn't make the Hall of Fame. It kind of sub-seven club. It got 6.85. But how many people do you think voted? Altogether? Yep. Uh, oh, I don't know. Probably 40 or 50? 20. Really? 20 people voted back in uh, yeah May 2019 for Cabaret de la Guillotine. Wow. I think now, after the kind of... Uh, involvement they've had in the club as if mm. we've had two hitmas or maybes now their name has got bigger not just in our club but they, they've got bigger themselves mm. over the past couple of years i think if we featured that album now or certainly the new album that's going to be coming out i don't think we'd see them as a sub seven not going on the strength of no. indoctrinate it was an absolute like you say it was a it was an aggressive um dirty sounding thrash song that just kind of sits where you want thrash to sound it was it was uh, yeah it kind of came out of nowhere and john andrews is uh, he's had his um he's, he's he's been on the pulse right from day one that boy yeah and this is what he had to say about it just splendid thrash plenty of good bits for the pit to go wild in this one as well as the slower bits to stand back and headbang i'm very much looking forward to their new album and hope i have a chance to see them live again touring it up yep a hit yeah, I think he. I think he went to Spain to see them, didn't he? Mm, I think, I think did, did. Yeah. certainly uh, him and Cat. They travelled round when you could. But yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's get them over here. And I think on the strength of um, some of the opinions here, I, they have to come over, certainly for our club, just for our benefit. Uh, Ross Johnson, hit, fast, aggressive, catchy thrash. What's not to like? Looking forward to the new album even more after hearing this. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm certainly, it's pricked my ears up about uh, and, uh, just another thrash band. You know, mm. had I not maybe listened to a lot of these hit or maybes, it would have been just, oh yeah, it's another release from another thrash band. But there's some mm. bands that we featured and you kind of go on and think, right, I'm going to, I'm certainly going to, you know, follow that and, and try and see, it certainly pricks your ears up about them when, a, when an album comes up. Mm. Definitely. Adrian Morgan, mostly hit. Come straight at you, reminiscent of proper angry thrash with a hardcore edge. Hope the rest of their stuff is this good. Yeah, that's uh, it's certainly got that hardcore kind of mm. edge, hasn't it? Without kind of blatantly going into that crossover. No, uh, doesn't crossover go. Feel. Doesn't go that far. I think it's sort of like roundabout the sort of Pantera kind of groovy, but a bit more. Th- um, straight up thrash, a straight up thrashy Pantera, which Pantera never were because when thrash was straight up, Pantera were doing something different. So um, this is maybe what Pantera would sound like if they had started as a thrash band. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Just off the top of my head. Now, it is extremely interesting that you say back in, what was it, May 2019? It was, yeah. Yeah, so 18 months ago, whenever that was, um, 20 people bothered to listen and I appreciate all of those people and I was but I think you voted them I voted it I know John Andrews voted on it so um, that would be interesting 25 people bothered to, to vote on this one and all 25 25 put it as a hit 
there is no one of the best ones we've had so far isn't it absolutely the it really did cause a little bit of a stir um you know the hit misses or maybe said obviously never as big as as the main features and stuff like that but people are really took to this one and i think when people were reading the comments maybe they think i gotta have a listen to that because you know a lot of people are saying this is exactly, you know, sounds like up my street and they've gone in and they've had a listen and they've gone, blimey, that is good. And it is really good. I've got to say, uh, when I, when I was listening to it, I was going, right, when's, where's the album? When's the album coming out? I need to, whereas before on the last track and on some of the other ones, I'm like, oh yeah, they've got a new album. Yeah. yeah at some point I'll listen to it. No doubt. This one I am right. When, when's it coming out? Cause I, I need to listen to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Pricked up, pricked up like a meerkat looking over the desert for that one. So that's fantastic. Going to have me some of that. Oh, yeah. Tell us what's up next now, then, mate. Well, Neil Brannigan Fuller, thankfully, he's been on his travels again, hasn't he? And where did he go? He went to Scotland. He's he been went, all yeah. around the world. Yeah, well, we, you know, with the uh, embargo and the uh, travel ban, he's got to stay within our our shores. I've already said that he's going to go to Wales next, so uh, that's the next mission. But Scotland, done proud, done well here, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. He, um, thank fuck, he did go up to Scotland because at their mercy, um, a hardcore crossover ban, and the new album that's come out is disavowed. It was released in January last year mm-hmm. uh, and yeah years gone by I hadn't even heard of it until that's the mm. great thing about this club all the, the kind of highlights my inadequacies as a kind of mm. <laughs> heavy music fan but a year's gone by where I've not even picked up on that album thankfully Neil featured um, at their mercy and breaking Bandcamp. Um, they really blend kind of Slayer-esque thrash don't they with the mm. beats and breakdowns from old school Discharge throwing in a bit of death and grind so that was Neil's words there yeah. he wrote the piece for us um, yeah and it's kind of this feature's really really opened my ears and eyes up to bands that I probably wouldn't always go you know kind of always go straight to you know what you're into and sometimes you'll hear a break in band camp song you think yeah I like that or I don't like that but there's been a couple of bands recently that are just kind of, whether it be, um, you know, you just kind of hear something, you think, yeah, I'm into that, or and you kind of then go on the band camp and you listen to them and you buy it, mm. or there's some ones that you just you just don't get, and you're kind of like, fair enough, I'll, I'll leave my comment and, and that's fine. Mm. But this one, I'd listen to it, banger central, Carl, absolute yeah. banger central. Thoroughly enjoyed my time that I spent with it, and... It, it's um, like you say, it's got that hardcore crossover thing to it that's kind of in a slightly different circle to us. You know, not not massively. It's not a it's not a massive um, trip over to that. But um, yeah, but they have a very tight scene, uh, which is great. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, so I'm wondering whether that's kind of passed up. Par- that's why it passed us by. Certainly in January 2020, we were yeah. just all getting ready to be locked down as well. They were obviously at their mercy. were just about revving to go. And who's to say wouldn't have done a tour or played shows down this end neck of the woods as well that we would have gone, oh, right, okay, they're, they're playing. But um, no chance of any of that old business going on. So um, I think a lot of bands are falling into this a little bit of a hole where they were just really awful. In fact, the probably the worst time you could have released an album is January 2020. You release it, you bask in the glory, now it's time to promote it, and it just the, the rug just got pulled from everyone's feet, as opposed to people who were about to release albums, either delayed, um, 
or wait until lockdown happened and then when people kind of got found their feet could then promote their name a little bit better when people read oh well we could do this in lockdown or we can do that or you know the the facebook lives or whatever at their mercy didn't have any of that when they released this album the momentum was literally shut down before it started so that's why that's why it's even like a, a, a double-edged sword for us to try and get this going again and it's a great discovery for us like discovering a brand spanking new album and I think when you, like you said there about um, it probably slips us by because it's not quite within our world. And you're right, yeah. you know, it would be in that, you know, the Down for Life magazine, the, mm. um, the insider Dave Rowe and Miles Hackett um, involved in. It would it would probably feature in that kind of thing a lot more than it would maybe in the band, in, in the kind of publications that, that, that we're reading. Mm. But it certainly crosses over, doesn't it? Oh, it had yeah. that. He had that kind of crumb suckers, obviously, that yeah. kind of hardcore, that crumb suckers, even a bit of knuckle dust. You know, mm. I, I know I'm not hugely into the crossover stuff, but I like the bands I like. And, mm. you know, but then I could hear that kind of, like they say, they said that, that Slayer, even that propane kind of, um, mm. you know, real kind of heavy, the, the, the kind of more metallic side of the early propane. And like I said, I, I'm not hugely into it, but sometimes you just hear something from slightly outside of your your comfort zone and you, you just kind of gravitate towards it when you hear yeah. it and thankfully thankfully neil found it but let's see what the members yeah thought. let's see what the graham members Mildred. said go on graham Ash, yeah he said um, they, they, they mash slayer and the chromax together good lads too used to hang out at the edinburgh venue with ian the bass player back in the day then never saw him in donkey's years and until i caught at their mercy at a gig a few years ago much <laughs> much hugging ensued ah oh, fair play Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah, when we could do exactly what we wanted. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, that, that's that's fantastic to hear uh, that a uh, band on Breaking Bandcamp, Graham knows all about and even knows the bass player. And then... Yeah, and then said bass player stumped up and said, I've just joined the group. It looks great. I'm looking forward to contributing. I'm Ian that Graham is referring to above. <laughs> Thanks for the review and the kind words. We really appreciate it, particularly in times like these. We are working on the new album, which will hopefully be out later this year. Okay. So, and now that is interesting. So if um, Ian gets that album out with At Their Mercy at the end of the year, who's to say that their momentum when hopefully gigs start up, um, they will be right on top of that with a, you know, not an album that's been released and they've all got to hear it and no one could tour it. And because of COVID, they are fresh. We've recorded this album and then we're, we're the momentum is with us. Uh, who's to say that At Their Mercy won't do that? Also, a massive, massive thank you for Ian um, for absolutely just jumping into the club with with uh, two two feet commenting uh, and being really respectful and invited as he said all of my like-minded souls he invited so many it's unreal and we're just waiting for them to get back to us to see whether they actually do want to join up we've um we've approved so many and a few of them have commented already uh, which we always like so thanks so much for that ian and we will i'm definitely interested in that new album and this just a bit of a bit of a quick one. We've had torn fabrics at the front end of this here podcast. Um, if as and when you feel it's appropriate that at their mercy could benefit from having a tune on here, we, we'd be bang up for opening the show with one of those, wouldn't we? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. If if you so wish. 
John Deary, well, what can I say? Absolutely love what I'm hearing. I'm going to have to give it a full listen or three later. Yeah, it was like that, wasn't it? I, I sort of put it on and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is this is going to like very much like John said. Yeah, well, bloody hell, this is really good. I've got a, this is a, this is the real deal here. I've got to really have a good listen to this. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back to it anyway. Paul Hutchins, this has got some right guts to it. Enjoyed the tracks I've listened to so far. And Bandcamp can be a bit like that with sort of, like Paul describes there, the guts. Sometimes the production, because the money's not there or the, tech, the, the, the recording techniques aren't there, even some of the – you've got to look beyond the production. You didn't have to look too far beyond the production because it just had that real kind of kick in the bollocks, didn't it? Oh yeah, it was immediate, wasn't it? Mm, it was just, mm. it was. There's some bands like I said. I don't know. I'm not hugely into that. Like I said, I know what I like. And you know, someone like Hatebreed. You go to mm. Hatebreed, you know what you're going to get. Yes. Um, and, and and a bit similar to At Their Mercy, it was like I had it on my run when I went for a run yesterday afternoon. I was only out for about forty minutes, but I had it on, and it was just all all you wanted really. It was mm. just that it's kind of like when you needed that push you were getting a boost you know it was just it's just a a kind of immediate kind of punch in the face and it was just you know, not that you want an immediate punch in the face but you know what i mean it was yeah. it was there and it was kind of um yeah, you it, knew what you were going to get. It was all a lot of adrenaline in there, wasn't it? A lot of uh, leaping around, just want to make you get off out of your chair and, and go for it. And uh, it's funny you bring up Hatebreed. That's what I kind of, not that I think they sounded like Hatebreed, but they kind of in that same kind of sphere. But when Hatebreed go slow, at their mercy would probably go mid-paced at that point. And then when, when um, uh, Hatebreed go fast, um, at their mercy, go like lightning. So it was sort of like um, hate breed, but on a bit of an upper. But the, I always find that with a lot of crossover stuff and um, hardcore stuff, they don't get the props or the kind of recognition for the technicality involved in the music mm, because no. it's seen as this kind of bludgeoning, you know, in your face music. They're still gifted musicians there, and, and mm. on this album, which, as I say, when I went running to yesterday, you know, there's elements in there. It's technically, is is fantastic, but because it is so kind of like immediate and just mm. instant, it kind of you sometimes don't see that. But it's uh, there, there's a lot in it, and it's uh, it kind of gives you that that kind of that gutsy punch mm. that you need if you needed a gutsy punch but it also it's deep and good carl it's deep and good. oh it's got the deep and good yeah, wow been, now deep and good. Now, there's been a few deep and goods recently and yeah that's one of it that is see ian will, will not know what the deep <laughs> know what and deep good, and good and is, is but... that's that is the that's the the man from del monte saying yes right there yes. cultural <laughs> reference in his, in his white suit, yeah. Andrew Matthews, he's bought it as well, so it seems like a few people have bought it. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. That's really he good. Said, I bought it too, and he got five likes, so I think a few people, uh, other people that have bought it, gave him a like. And that is exactly what um, Neil Brannigan does, and that is exactly what I wanted him to do with this feature, is just go and search, because I, 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 I love Bandcamp, and I fucking hate it as well, just because, like I've said before, you cannot see the wood from the trees. I need someone to guide me through, and that's what this feature does, and it's and it's brought up a real gem to the, uh, for this month, or this fortnight, rather. Lars Rasmussen, he says, I've already found it last year. I even bought it in February. Well, that's brilliant. Well done, Lars, from, from Denmark. Denmark, yeah. 
uh, welcome to the club, mate. And he put a few suggestions up there as well. So all from Bandcamp as well. I think he, I think Lars is a bit of a um, a hardcore boy at heart. So um, very much welcome, mate. And thanks for the enthusiasm that you brought. Brilliant. Yeah, it kind of it doesn't seem right, Carl, that we're nearing the end of the. Well, we're not nearing quite the end, but we're on one of the final kind of sections aren't we and yeah it's, it's only just gone 10 o'clock i know we're sort of like at a half podcast though today aren't we because we've yeah. obviously but we'll get into the swing of it we'll get the two and a half hours back up at some point plus we did we did shed loads on thursday didn't we we did yeah so just before we go i uh, into what have you been listening to i have got a couple of things bolton's bangers what a great feature that is. Um, I think we will talk about it now, but we will look at uh, – in fact, we will just talk about it now because there's not too many comments because um, Bolton, uh, Neil Bolton, who administers this particular feature for the club, was very strict, um, uh, three, no honourable mentions or any of that, and we've got the results. So do – first of all, Robbie – do you want to guess the top three to begin with? Black Sabbath um, was the band. Yeah. So okay. what are Bolton's bangers for Black Sabbath? I'm going to say War Pigs. What, at what position? Uh, oh, okay. Um, two. Okay. What else? Black Sabbath, number one, and Into the Void, number three. Oh, wow. Number three. Black Sabbath, the song. Okay. Number two, Heaven and Hell. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And number one, War Pigs. Okay. War Pigs got 46 points. Uh, Heaven and Hell got 29 points, so quite a dramatic drop. And then with 27 points, Black Sabbath. Um, oh, I bet, go on. I bet that was an enjoyable time. Um, in this lot up, wasn't it? Going through these, yeah, thirty-three yeah. separate tracks got mentioned. Brilliant. So um, that's a hell of a playlist. Although we've recently gone through them all, um, there is a winner of the internet in the uh, in this inter week that we are doing the Andrade years, and it's our old mate John Wig who got really? number th- he got number three Heaven and Hell. He got uh, number two with War Pigs and number one, he went Black Sabbath, which he said there was a few people close, myself and Melanie Campbell being among them, but John Wig just got in there. Yeah, that's great. And it's great that you're getting, I think rightly so, you're you're getting a Ronnie James Dio. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. In in there, and it's kind of the almost like the, yes, Sabbath for a lot of people is Aussie, isn't it? But there's mm. just as many people out there that really do value. That, well, I say just as many people. With, that, I don't know how many there are, but Aussie um, and Ronnie James Dio. There is quite a unique thing where two such iconic mm. musicians, vocalists, are regarded as the blacks, the definitive Black Sabbath, aren't they? And it's great mm. that that whilst Ronnie wasn't in there as long as obviously Aussie has been. Mm. Um, it's great that he made such an impression in the time that he was there. Uh, and I'm I'm very much in the Aussie camp. There's, I'll make no bones about that. But when I listened to the Sabbath Daily that we did, and I listened to the to the Ronnie James Zero, what I what what I felt about it was I don't know whether anyone agrees was 
certainly on it's mob rules isn't it the second one some of the songs weren't as good they were you know going down that slip but ronnie james dio's performance is second to none all the way through those two black sabbath albums he gives a hundred percent on every single um, track and even the dehumidifier album that we've renamed it he kind of every time he sung on that he kind of bought it up a mark yeah this song's a, a five or a six but Ronnie James Dio singing it, that's, it's a seven or an eight, isn't it? Yeah, he just added so much. Yeah. It's a, a real case of where you're using your vocals as, as the extra instrument, but kind of really lifting the track. I won't let Brian D'Andrade, I shouldn't let Brian D'Andrade hear you saying that Mob Rules, Carl, is uh, not one of the better ones. It's... Um, I think it's his favourite tra- favourite album. Is it from Sabbath? Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. See, I it, they were, but they really fell off the edge of the table after Mob Rules, didn't they? I mean, that was falling off the edge of the earth. Yeah, they? they really did big style, uh, and didn't really resurface too well uh, until much later on. But I mean, that's all subjective. But um, yeah. It, it was a, a thank you so much to, to Neil Bowen. The good news is um, I did know it was, it's admin heavy. It's very much like the D'Andrade years, and I find that quite admin heavy. Quite, I, I enjoy it. I always do it with a glass of uh, glass of plonk and all the rest of it and some fresh metal going under my ears at the time. Um, but I do appreciate that's not for everyone, and to do it for the club, uh, we needed a dedicated member. So I'm really pleased that, not only did Neil agree to do it, but he's also well up for doing it. And he's got three or four others all ready to go. So um, we've got ourselves a new feature, I think. Ah, fantastic. It's a, it's a great thing. And he's, he's, he's a strict kind of uh, author, authoritarian, isn't he? He doesn't like any messing around. Yeah. It's like, you, I want you three. There's no messing around. You bye by my rules or you're out. Yes, yes. I don't want your honourable mention, so I just want to know your three. Yeah, so um, people of the podcast, that is a, a bit of an exclusive. Um, we have, I'm going to put, um, uh, Neil's got a post together. We will put that up on Wednesday, so it's kind of like a week apart. And then uh, we are going to have a week where we are doing something else on the Wednesday and then we will may do another Bolton's Bangles or you had an idea kicking around. I don't know whether you want to share it seeing as we've got a little bit of time or do you want to keep that to yourself? What was that that I wanted um, If I say the name of it, uh, The Returning Heroes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bit of live housekeeping. It's uh, the, the club's inclusive, isn't it? Um, mm. Just an idea I had for a feature. We're always trying to come up with feature ideas, and you know, people, if you've got feature ideas, let us let us know. But you know, there's been handfuls and handfuls of returning musicians to bands that left. A bit like kind of we could say Aussie there's returned to Sabbath. Um, mm-hmm. Ronnie James Dio has returned to. Um, Sabbath, Bruce Dickinson's return to Maiden, blah blah blah. But in the thrash world as well, you know, you, you've got people that have returned to returned to bands. Scott Holderby in Mordred, um, Phil Demel, Violence, um, blah. blah right. Z- so Z- from Exodus. There you go. Yeah, Zetro in Exodus. So, so, so that's the idea, Joey Belladonna, Belladonna Anthrax. So yeah. it was just to, to highlight a potential, a particular. Uh, person within a band a returning hero a prodigal son whatever we were going to call it and we just kind of made this weekly monthly probably a monthly feature mm-hmm. about that person some youtube links some um some particular songs you know we could ask some members for their 10 favorite songs involving that member any gigs they went to any memories of that and, and it just kind of ties it all into 
Are you going to focus on the period that they left and then the period, the kind of lead up and then the eventual return? I haven't given it that much thought yet, mate. Oh, okay. So, that, you know, that's open. That's, it's open for now for people to say, to, to, to possibly say, yeah, good idea, shit idea, or, okay. yeah, let's, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it was just to kind of throw it out there and, 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 and we'll see. I think it's got legs and I think mm. there's definitely, um, you know, it's a once in a month kind of feature and it could we could focus on some of the smaller bands as well it doesn't necessarily have to be here's joey benadon you know belladonna and, mm. and here's a here's a youtube footage of him singing the national anthem at the baseball you know the, mm. the world series or whatever it could be you know we could be focusing on the likes of i don't know chromax or um mm-hmm. i'm thinking off the top of my head i can't think of bands that people have left now but um mm-hmm. do you know what i mean There's, yeah yeah Okay. It doesn't have to be the, 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 the big bands that we all know and love. It could be individual bands that that members have a kind of a kinship with that they like. And um, yeah. Okay. Let's see if let's see if uh, we'll see what the members are. I mean, we we can mock one up. We can see what the reaction is, and we can we can go with it. Um, go on, say. Oh, no, that's it. I was just going to say we we could we could do the first one, see where it goes, and uh, you know see how it develops. Cool, absolutely great. Now, there's one other little thing that I just wanted to say before we go on is you know um, I'm also a member of the classic metal, uh, classic rock album of the week club. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I I listened to one of the the album which I will talk about when um, we talk about what you've been listening to. But guess what the album is this week? You'll never guess. Classic rock album. Um, from you making a big deal of me, I'm going to say it's the Choir Boys. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's oh, not, is it not? Oh, yeah. And it's not even Bang Tango Greatest Tricks. It is, in fact, Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer. In the classic rock album. In the classic rock album of the week, they are featuring... Um, Slayer and Paul, Paul Hutch just before I came out to uh, do the podcast he sent me a message saying have you seen who they've got oh that would be a, I'll get some of the comments up together and we can have a feature so we're going to do a sort of like crossover feature and when I do my review I am definitely going to mention the club I wonder I wonder how it will go down uh, you, yeah very good question very good there, there are some proper um music officiados on there that i do converse with who are like really super into all kinds of that i mean they listen to all kinds of stuff and there's one guy i know who will, who will score it high because i've spoken to him before he's uh he, he likes he, he's from that era he goes yeah yeah i really i think we we were talking about a bon jovi album and they featured a bon jovi album and uh, I, I said, oh, it's not really my thing, you know. I'm more of the thrasher. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I totally get that because I, I really like thrash as well. And I do know the divide. And I do know you should never back then. You never stepped across. But I was, um, I, I was a secret Bon Jovi fan, really. So I know there's lots of, um, lots of people that that hold Slayer in. in massive regard in that club it, but it will be interesting not so much the comments the vote will be interesting to see what the vote is going to be like when they uh, when they get the poll up together so but uh, i think myself and paul will keep uh, everyone updated and we will i will tell you what the score is and we may even uh, share the feature that they have afterwards as well and um, what's the album in the um, classic folk album of the 
week club this week club comp. You will not believe it. The fucking coincidence. Um, Seasons are near misses. No, it is flowered up. We are prickheads. Is the um, is the name of that album? Yeah, come on, come back. Sorry, yes, that was the EP. That was the EP. Yeah, yeah. No, first album EP. No, um, so uh, that's what's on on folk folk this week. And I know, I'll never forget that that colleague saying, "Oh yes, you like Thrashman. You should listen to folk. Fuck you, fucking folk from Thrashman. Where the fuck she got that from? Ah, oh, god dear. Anyway, anyway, um, so that's my my little mention. So we are now going to go on and have a look and see what you have been listening to. Um, and I need to quite literally get it up. So excuse me. While I um, get it up, have you already got it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm there. You're there. You've been, talk, you've been talking about folk music. We've got David Henry. David's been listening to a long-time member, David Henry. Good to have him come in. Uh, Venom and Benediction have been on rotation music-wise, and I've been playing Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay, you're gonna have to go on to the next one because I'm still not there. Tim Finch, he's uh, Dread Dread Sovereign Alch- Alch- Alchemical Warfare. Brilliantly dark Irish doom. Angelus Apatrida, Angelus Apatrida, just as good as the two singles already released, have hinted at he's a contender for the top ten of the year for sure. He's had Wall Wall, Great British Sabbath. I think he had that last year or some uh, last week. Someone certainly did. And an advanced listen to this week's upcoming interview from Razor's Edge. Oh, looking forward to that. Um, I've got it up now. It's fully erect, and we're going straight in with John Wig. Uh, thank you for that, by the way, Tim. Uh, more Under One Flag vinyl. Baffery, self-titled. Venom, Temples of Ice, and Seventh Angel, Laminate of the Weary. That's a heavy old view there, isn't there it? There you go. A heavy old vinyl as well. Um. Darren Robb, who is one of the nicest people in the club. I, 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 I believe Darren Robb likes thrash metal. I believe he does. Yeah, he's been listening to the Frost to Megatherion. I wonder why. Yeah. This is his words. <laughs> Megadeth killing is my business. I wonder why. And he's been rattling through Steel Game again. If you haven't watched this, I suggest you do. And then he said, love and kisses, Daz. There that, you go. There you go. Thank you. Love and kisses back. Steel Game, what's that? Is that a Netflix? I've no idea. No idea. So we'll have to uh, um, sort that out. Stuart, so thanks for that, Darren. Stuart Jardine, Children of Technology, Written Destiny, uh, Septic Tank, Rotten Civilization, and Possessor, Damn the Light. That's Kevin Adamson, Aeon, 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 yeah. Of Life, Vector, Outer Isolation, and Autopsy, Severed Survival. That's a beast. There's some riffs going on there for for days. Um, Neil Brannigan Fuller, Trapped in Purgatory, um, Damned Nation, Advanced Copy, interviewed this Friday, podcast with an exclusive track from the album formed from old 80s Bristol band Purgatory. Um, is that Detrius, Myths, Advanced Copy, only arrived this morning, Proggy Thrash from Regroup 90s Thrashers, also from Bristol, and Ectomorph, Reborn Advanced Copy for review. Apparently they have previously been New Metal Gypsy Minor. What the fuck that is? But this album is thrash with a large slab of Sepultura. It's pretty good. I have to say, just from hearing those Bristol, Bristol there, Yeah, it's a huge city, Bristol, and it, I don't, I'm not from 
I don't go gigging down there. I've been to a few gigs down there, but obviously we've got members that go to gigs down there. There, there seemed to be a hell of a lot of venues that were closing uh, mm. a couple of years ago down in down in Bristol, kind of round about the time that there was these kind of um, uh, schemes to keep venues up and running. I just wonder if the scene in Bristol um, was as strong as obviously before what we're in now was as strong as it kind of could be because Bristol as a city is a huge place and the music heritage of Bristol is fantastic mm-hmm. there are loads of bands down there and just seeing there the mentioning of Trapped in Purgatory and Detritus you know there's there's a hell of a hell of a mm-hmm. scene was going on down in Bristol but I just wonder hopefully once we're up and running that these places will be um, thriving again mm-hmm. I suppose it's like anywhere really isn't it but Bristol for particular just always seemed to have a real kind of big scene Definitely, definitely. And that um, uh, Court and Purgatory, I'm going to actually listen to that and review that for Razor's Edge. So they're getting a, they're getting about. So, um, yeah, let's hope we can revive some of that. Hopefully it's good. I've heard good stuff about it. Gareth Pugh, he says, the Clash of the Debut Round 1, uh, Therian, Leviathan, is a Razor's Edge review copy. He's uh, also had Trapped in Purgatory, Damnation, and plus others. Plus others. See, others. Uh, Jamie Kinghorn. And Maiden Daily, obviously, for Gareth Pugh. Yeah, definitely. Another Maiden Daily is Jamie Kinghorn. Um, the thrash metal album of the Fortnite Club business. Um, that's always good. Do do the business, mate. Star Wars Rebels Marathon and Get Thrashed, which I believe is a thrash metal documentary. It certainly is. John Beavis. He's been listening to Discharge, Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing, Exhorder More Than Southern Skies, and he's been watching Ash versus Evil Dead Season 2. Wow. I wonder if that's on Netflix. Now, this is an interesting one. Um, Cy Cobb, he of Annihilated and Son of the Endless Nights. Check this out. I promised friends I would give Abbey Road by the Beatles a listen. Lovingly crafted and sonically superb, I found it underwhelming as an album. Voivod Killing Technology, simply great. And Celtic Frost Monolith, superbly, basically, Trypticon's debut in all but name. So he's given the uh, Abbey Road, sorry. I do find that with a lot of Beatles where, um, I mean, I quite like some of the Beatles stuff, certainly the early rock and roll stuff. But a lot of the stuff where they, when people are absolutely lying on the floor in ecstasy over, I just think, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> But I don't know why. I just think, well, it's, it's all right. I don't know what the fuss is about. <laughs> I, I don't know. We could be going down a whole new kind of avenue here. But could the fuss be that if you were around at the time? I really don't know because mm. I'm not particularly moved by the Beatles. I know all their stuff, but I'm not particularly into them. But is that because I wasn't – I'm not into that type of, you know, that music, but I wasn't around when they were around. Um, maybe that's the big part of the Beatles, or I mean, people well, no, because people are still discovering the Beatles to this mm. day that are you know discovering music, aren't they? So I think you don't have to be into the Beatles back then to appreciate them, but yeah, because um, people you know, I mean, I'm into music that I like, you know, ZZ Top, for example, I love all that early ZZ Top, so I wasn't, I wasn't around then, like, so I can appreciate and love that now, but. You know, not the Beatles. I, I listen to it. It's certainly not crap. You know, I'm not. I'm not. They're, 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 I'm not going to go uh, into the uh, cunt bags with the Beatles. Certainly not. But I, I, I think that's a good word that um, Sai used there. Just underwhelming. Yeah. Our old mate John Andrews, Black Mesa on the PC. Just discovered it this uh, at the end of last year. It's a remake of Half Life using an up to date games engine. 
Oh. Uh, that, I mean, that's just, I don't understand what's going on there. Black Mesa on the PC. Mm. Is that the name of it or is the... Is, is it a game? I take it it's a computer game that he's he's uh, playing there. So uh, please elaborate, John. Maybe that's something we can investigate. Um, you could review some computer games that are coming on. Mm, maybe. Um, Lee Hammer Harris, Children of Bodom, Something Wild, Hate Breeder, Follow the Reaper, and Hate Crew Death Roll, um, R.I.P. How do you say that? Is that Alexi? Yeah, Alexi. Yeah, yeah. uh, watching Deep Space Nine season three. It's no Babylon Five. I can tell you, I love all those shows. I wish, I just wish, I had more time to be more geeky. I just haven't got time. And fixing household appliances. Get in there and fix your spin dryer, mate. Well, I think he was wasn't he fixing his washing machine? It was washing week. machine. Sorry, yeah. Now he's, yeah, he's, he's moved on to his uh, possibly the dishwasher and the uh, the iron, so yeah. he can branch out. Not only is he a drummer, he's also the drumming washing machine technician. Right, what a fine title to have. Now, Dylan Jones, what's Dylan? And also a member of the Maiden Daily, Bang Over Shovel Butcher, great album. Dylan, mm-hmm. so, uh, Sodom, Genesis 19, and Danzig sings Elvis. Not as bad as I feared. I fear it is that bad, though. That just has disaster written all over it for me, to be quite. Because Elvis, I do like. Danzig, I do like. I don't think I want to mix those together, really. I know he's got this thing about being the evil Elvis, but I just can't. Is it actual Elvis cover songs he's singing on that? I've no idea. Dylan, is it? I think it is. I'm almost sure that it is. And I just think the hype has got the better. If someone's going, you know what you should do, Glenn, is do a load of, they always call you the evil Elvis. Now's the chance that, you know, and I just think he's going to, oh, well, I, I, I dread to think really. I dread to think, but there you go. Um, uh, uh, Graham Meldrum going through some old UK thrash demos. War Dance, a short, sharp shop demo. Uh, Sniper, uh, obituary demo. And is that Zeister, a Black Bible demo? So we can't read out the other one. There's your three. You've had your three. Paul Hutchins, thrash debuts all the way. Exodus, Bonded by Blood, Sabbath, History of a Time to Come, and Testament, The Legacy, amongst others. And the Maiden, another member of the Maiden Daily, of course. Of course. And to be fair, any of those three could win the uh, could win the uh, uh, thrash of the debuts, couldn't it? Definitely. New album from UK thrashers. Is it Detrius? How did you pronounce that? Detrius? Uh, Detritus. Detritus. Dropped Detritus. into the promo bin. So that was straight on. Um, uh, this is Chris Jennings. I, I did. I, I did say that. Sodom Genesis, uh, Genesis nineteen is proving it's got legs, and oh, I'm not going to get that from Shark Attack. Soon to be re-released. Also gets speed. How do you say that? The Max. The Max. The, the German must be on Noise Record. <laughs> Richard Oliver. Uh, listening highlights for this week have been Messiah, Choir of Horrors. Cool, I do like that. Oh, yeah, I do like Messiah, Choir of Horrors. Dark Tranquility, Projector, and Draconian under a godless veil. Wow, he's he's listening to them under a black spotlight. <laughs> um, Neil Bolton, The Frost to Megatherion. Megadeth killing is my business. And Ten Foot Wizard, get out of your mind. Ten Foot Wizard sound like a lot of fun, don't they? They're like the old Bolton bangers image that Neil, Neil yes. Brannigan Fuller did for us, a big 10-foot wizard with a beard, <laughs> boasting some bangers. There John Deary, listening highlights, Tuatha de Danan, 
Wow. Megadeth Killing is my business and Annihilator, Alison Hill. Mm, very, very good. Um, a couple of debuts there. Uh, Matthew C.G. Green, Cro-Mags in the beginning, Sacred Reich, The American Way, and uh, Carcass, Symphonies of Sickness. And he has been watching Attack of the Clones at Star Wars, listening to Adam Buxton podcast and reading Holy Smoke, Iron Maiden in the 90s by Martin Popoff. So who's Adam Buxton, or have I, have I really dropped a bollock by not knowing who he is? You have, Carl. Do you not know who Adam Buxton is? No, as soon as you tell me, I will probably go, oh, right, okay. I don't know. You don't know? Okay. No. Well, if you don't know and I don't know, is no, this? are we in it. the territory of 1986 again? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The Ad- I'm going to write it down, the Adam Buxton podcast, and move swiftly on to Andrew Matthews, Thrasher Wolf, Heist 211, and Gate Closer. Heist 211... Our old mate Mike Todd from Scar by Truth, he mm. did a T90 for us, and he included Heist 211. I think they're a northeast band oh, and okay. uh, friends of Mike, and they were on his T90. So I'm going to jot that down as well. Okay. Nice Thank one. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Um, Maiden Daily, of course. David Pope, check this out. The whole quicksand discography. There's a couple of hours well worth it. Brilliant. No fat on that at all. Uh, new old old man gloom albums and new discovery, but sadly split, breaking the day. Thank you, David. That's brilliant. Decent stuff there, yeah. Edwin Groenveld, Napalm Death throws in the joy, the, the recent album. Nasm <laughs> Shift and Death Leprosy. Oh, cool. Some heavy old stuff going there. Brilliant. Andrew Bile, is it Bills? Uh, listening yeah. listening to Testament Catalogue, playing Sniper Elite 4 and watching Sons of Anarchy. But I really should be studying. Well, you say technically, by doing all of that, you are. So that's fine. You are. You're bettering your mental knowledge and, and um, enriching your brain and soul. Definitely. Mark Smith, been watching season three of Cobra Kai, and as a result, I've been listening to cheesy metal on the season soundtrack on Spotify, which then led to classic 80s metal such as Wasp, Priest, Maiden, and Scorpions. Wow. Well, that's all right. A score drawer, I would say, there, but good on you. Um, Rick, Rich Tricky Hudson, working through the Ice Age film with the kids. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, listening to a bit of Fields of Nephilim. Um, Cavalier Conspiracy, brilliant, and the Megadeth Killing is my business. Skipped these boots. So thank you, mate. Rob Davies, Rancid, Out Come the Walls, Ohms or Oms, Close. Good album, that, Rob. I mm. hope you're enjoying it. And Cunt, <laughs> oh dear, Cunt and the Crazy Gang, Jimmy Savile and the Sexy Kids. <laughs> yeah, oh. kind of a, yes. Yeah, it, it, funny, I, funny music, but <laughs> it's it, it's a dark, dark place that you go to with cunt and the gang. Um, Graham Meldrum's back on changing mind, listening to senseless things all night. So um, I found out from an old pal, Mark the singer, passed away yesterday. Ah, oh, you are oh, joking! That is unbelievable. Senseless things—they were a bit uh, indie pop punk when they they had a little bit about them. i remember the cut the tunes they had there for a little while and it was a uh, mosh pits a go-go that's a shame uh, yeah they certainly I, I know when you would go to these alternative nights senseless things were certainly uh, one of the bands that kind of i don't know whether they they appealed they might not appeal to the members but you know they certainly weren't out of place at these alternative nights i remember the record covers and mm. 
uh, always a you know kind of late 80s early 90s quite a quite a not a big band but a, a band that were in in and around the scene weren't they and that, yeah. that's sad news yeah they always used were to they, play were they, they local were they a local band to us carl i don't know i haven't got i don't know a lot about them at all to be honest um, but I do know they're always the top type of band that would headline the Kilburn National back in the day, wouldn't they? Right. Yeah. Oh no, they were. Yeah, they were. They were quite a big deal, as in. Mm. Yeah, headlining gigs. They'd, they'd, they'd certainly um, be a, be a good night out going to see them. But um, yeah, I just can't remember whether they were quite local, as in like Aldershot or something, or whether they were. Oh, okay. I, that I don't know. Really don't. Okay. No, no. I mean. Sad to hear, though. Sad news again. Uh, George Nisbet. Listen, is Electro Hippies, the only good punk? Metallica, the $5.98 EP. Uh, Bloodstar, the Fear single. And watching The wake, uh, the Walking Dead from the beginning again. And homeschooling my daughter. Oh, George, I feel for you. Oh, dear. Um, well... I've been on it today as well. <laughs> oh. Worn down by it. Remember, it's... it's um, you've got... Introduction, input, activity, recap, move on to something different and just keep that going. If you can get all of that done in 15 minutes, you're doing well. That's a, that's the way you got to do it. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know how you do it, mate. I, you must be on a good wage because I just don't have the patience. I really don't. I just um, – it's, it's a special gift teachers have and um, you, you really should um, – Take all the credit you get at this time um, for what you're doing. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> uh, Michael, really, old school all weekend. Forbidden evil, there you go. Um, eternal nightmare, shattered existence, heresy in Rome, total war on the foam, laugh out loud. I think that's a, an app or a computer game. So, again, um, your winner of your debut might be in that lot. And just, yeah, I, I think, I, I certainly think we've mentioned a, a winner tonight in these, um, these, these, what we've been listening to. And just snuck in at the last minute, PD, Dead Kennedy's Plastic Surgery Disaster, Morbid Angel, Blessed Other Sick, and Agent Steel, Skeptics Apocalypse. A hard one to listen to, as the music is superb, but John, serious vocals are like nails down a flight. <laughs> brilliant and that is three minutes ago so thank you so much for that mr d we will put that in there and he was having a good debate uh, about selwick frost um he um i, I found I, I was looking at it and he was having a good good natter with Cy and um i think it was ronnie elizabeth as well were getting involved in quite a good quite a good debate about um sacred right uh, not sacred right Celtic Frost and uh, and Megadeth, so that was really good. Really appreciate that, and that has brought us bang up to date. You look at that, the last post we did, and we've got three minutes ago. Pete Dean, we've just read that out on the podcast. Bang, bang up front now, mate. All even now. We're all evening. We're all there. We're all there. We're all done. So thank you to everyone that's commenting on the podcast. Thank you for making it such a cool place, um, and. There, the features are really doing well, and we really appreciate everybody's input. And we've got some new features coming up. As we said, we did. We had to listen to what people said they wanted. Um, we've got some new members on board, in board that are kind of taking up um, uh, the roles and responsibilities. But um, I think it's quite good that there's only two admins to try and, as in me and Robbie, not because we're trying to be power freaks or anything like that. It just evens it all out, and we don't get... Um, Enter Sandman posted 
25 times a month. So thank you, everyone. Yeah. So anything you want to add, mate? Now's the time. Well, if I can just say what I've been listening to, it's not oh, a lot, but I'll... Oh, uh, Yeah, no, I do Yes, go mate, on. I've been listening to Anti Sandman. <laughs> go on. Sorry, mate, go on. 24 times. No, um, I picked up a record late last year, and it was a French psychedelic kind of space rock band that I'd heard earlier on in the year, but the album had gone out of print, as in, you know... Um, just sold out and they're called Slift I think it was Rob Davies mentioned it in what he'd been listening to uh, the album is called Umon and it's just a really fantastic space rock psychedelic um, think Monster Magnet Hawkwind Osric Tentacles and you're kind of getting a mix you're getting a little bit there of, of what you're kind of what, what you're what you're getting and on vinyl it's just the perfect kind of music that you get on vinyl sometimes thrash and death metal doesn't sound great on, on a vinyl you know because it's, it's, it's for me it's a lot about the ambience and the kind of uh not the ambience but um i suppose it is the kind of ambience of having it on the on the on the vinyl and sitting there and having a drink and listening to something cool sometimes on your headphones it's better playing on the vinyl because you can pick up more and on this on this record here it's fantastic but it's a whole package as well it's just a, a wonderful gatefold record with some fantastic art and it's just yeah just really cool so that's lift i've been Brilliant. listening to obviously all the club stuff mm -hmm. uh enforced we had enforced the kind of hardcore crossover oh, band. yeah yeah um i was a bit worried that their first single hemorrhage might be a bit of a kind of not an anticlimax, but the album might be an anticlimax after that single was doing so well mm -hmm. in my kind of in my head. But thankfully, they've released another single and it is a, another banger, a surefire banger, which the the new album's coming out in March. So bodes well for the new single, uh, the new album. Malignance is the second single from the album coming up, and yeah, looking forward to it a hell of a lot more now. And again, just developing more of a more of a taste in that. Bit like we said there, but at their mercy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not your particular go-to genre or subgenre, but you know, in force it, it came along, and um, yeah, really enjoying that. Superb. Num number three, and then number three, go for something different. Vikings is back on on. Amazon Prime, and, okay. uh, yeah, uh, not really one for much watching much television, but when we do get a, a decent box set like Game of Thrones or Ozark or, um, you know, we've even watched Breaking Bad Camp, um, Breaking Bad Camp, <laughs> Breaking, Breaking Bad, uh, it's always good to uh, get, get into that and catch it while you can, but Vikings, it's a fantastic series and really enjoyed seeing the, the final season of that, so into that at the moment. Nice. A bit of Audruna to uh, to finish that up, mate. Mm. Nice, nice. Um, I've got me three. I promised Kevin Adamson, the riffiest band in the whole of Scotland. Um, is it the Centrilia uh, in the Name of Nothing album? I gave that a spin. Um, very riffy. I can see what you mean about it, sort of having a modern edge and that kind of... Um, that kind of riffage that uh, that you were talking about. Really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, no problem at all listening to that. The classic album of the week that I'm going to mention was by a band called James Gang, and the album was called Bang. Um, I reviewed that, and I got published in their, in their feature. Yes, well done. Go, Carl. Um, um, it was okay, kind of bled into 
one song kind of bled into the into the next and then there was a a funny little song which was quite interesting called i'd rather be with you i'd rather be alone with you and it was all i don't know what is it not is it a cappella where they just just the voices yeah yeah okay so there you go there's my there's my musicianship right there but they kind of do all make these sort of funky sounds going on it was uh that then that one sort of like really did rise above everything else um but that was pretty cool and uh just uh obviously all the club stuffs keeps my thrash fix obviously is the thrash of the titans and all the hit missile maybes and they had abundance and um at their mercy and all the rest of it there was a uh, no problem with thrashing this this uh this week so um i decided and of course i knew we were going to talk about that so my number three um is after i forget what day it was in between christmas and new year where they had uh metallica headlining set at glastonbury <laughs> um that's for Glastonbury, not for Metallica. Um, they had a documentary slash live session of Slipknot. And um, it was at the uh, recorded for the BBC. And it was at the Maida Vale Studios. And they basically played five tracks, one from each of their albums, with kind of inter intersected with interviews. Only an hour long. And, yeah, I, I've... Bearing in mind that was the last live gig I went to in January of 2020, um, I've, I've always got a little bit of a soft spot for, for Slipknot. And I, I think they get knocked, but this interview, it was really good. They were sort of like, well, yeah, we, we kind of get people don't like us, but, but we're fucking here and we're here with, and, and people still come up to see us and we still sell albums. And you say, oh, yeah, Slipknot album. That's it. This one's okay. He said, well, the, the four before it weren't fucking bad either. You know, he's sort of like, he's got an answer for everything, isn't he? I quite like Corey Taylor, I have to say. He's got a bit about him. And um, yeah, it was it was just a good one. Good, an hour went by, no problem at all with that one as well. So that's what I have been listening to. James Gangbang, are they, um, the, sorry, the James Gang, are they a classic album? Are they a modern band? Are they an old no, band? No, no, no. These, this is early 70s. Okay. I think it had, because I'd never heard of them, but I think it's got, um, oh, who's the guy that joined the Eagles after the Eagles had become, is it Joe Walsh? Not yes, sure. It's Joe, yes, it's Joe Walsh. Joe, yeah, okay. So I believe it was Joe Walsh. You, yeah. Why, why would you know? Not even, I didn't know. I think it's Joe Walsh's band either round about the time he left the Eagles or just before he joined. So it's kind of like that sort of not country and Western rock music, but, you know, it's got a slight twang to it, I suppose. Here's one for you. Is it the Eagles or is it Eagles? God, I'm fucked if I know. Well. Is, I, there, is that a thing, is it? I think yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think they're called Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles because I think they've done some uh, comeback gigs I'd say recently, probably five, six, seven, eight years ago, and I'm almost sure they had the Eagles. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not into them. So, no, um, I'm not. They're boring as shit for me. But, um, what, what, what's Super Tramp or the Eagles or Eagles? Uh, what's What's the Super Tramp song that I would know? <laughs> I know I've definitely heard a Super Tramp song, but I can't picture it. So for don't, that, that you look at my girlfriend. That one. Oh, is that Super Tramp? Is it? Girlfriend. I think so. Oh, then Eagles. Then. Okay. Yeah, 
just for Hotel California and that solo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What about you? Yeah, probably Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of either Slayer. I really. Think, yeah, I think well, I'm not into them massively, but I think lyrically, I think Eagles have got quite a. Uh, there's a lot going there, and I think the Super Trank. You know, I could probably say a thing or two in your classic album, The Rock yeah. Club. <laughs> but yeah, I think Super Trump, whilst they're not known for their kind of uh, guitar, you know, loads of, they, they just write very, just classic kind of rock and pop songs, don't they? And very well written ones. And they know they're going to be huge, huge sellers. Um, probably at the time, you know, 70s and 80s, it was, it was, the, the done thing. I, I just can't picture them at the moment. I know that one Crime that you were talking about. I think Crime of the Century. I remember that album cover. In, or something of the century. Say, oh, I don't know. Sail of the Century, wasn't that? Sail of the Century. Lovely. <laughs> anyway, let's let's wrap this up because I'm, I'm, I'm to, be, to be quite frank, mate, I'm getting a bit bored of Supertramp. Yeah, I think most people do, don't yeah. they, after a couple of songs. So. <laughs> a couple of songs. Okay, mate. Um, uh, just, again, thanks for everyone. Uh, and... Um, yeah, let's let's uh, looking forward to thrash the times at the weekend. But we've got a few things coming up. We've got Bolton bangers coming up. We're gonna button that up and T ninety T ninety coming up. Yeah, it's gonna be good. We've got also some more picks. You may have seen. Uh, oh yes. Uh, previous posts that we've got some thrash metal album, the Fortnite Club picks, plectrums. If you want one or you want a couple. Let myself or Carl know in a private message. Don't put it on. Don't put your name and address on any of the feeds or no. anything like that. And we're more than happy to cover the postage and send a couple out to you. Yes. It's just our way of giving back. There's, there, we've, we've still got a fair few left, so let us know. And um, we will put a post out about that probably this week at the end of next at the end of this week possibly for people that don't listen to the podcast may want to get hold of one and but don't send them all because remember i gave my one away so i i need one yeah i've drawn all over yours i've put a big a big fucking cock on it (laughs) (laughs) good good well that's yeah i don't think anything less so that's fine so all that's left is your final words mate Um, pack of wet wipes and um, give, them a, give them a knack as a bit of a clean. I'm, I'm off to see flowered up. You're off to see flowered up. Good for you, mate. Well, I'm, I'm bollocks to that. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go to the other stage and see Supertramp. Ah! <laughs>